Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi, I'm Hannah Norris, and this is my husband. Carl Donnelly. And we have a new podcast for you. It's called The Keith Cheggers Podcast, and it's about pregnancy, because that is what's happening in our lives right now. And inside your belly. Yeah, so we are recording weekly episodes throughout the course of my pregnancy, talking to each other and interesting and funny guests that we have on about their experiences with the pregnancy, so we can work out a bit more about what the hell is happening and what is coming up for us. So tune in, subscribe, and have a listen to The Keith Cheggers Podcast. Bye. The following podcast is a member of the Great Big Owl family. Hello, my darlings. Hello. Hello, my animaniacs. Sue said we should give you a name. You know, like Lady Gaga called all her followers' names. So we're calling you the Ani... What was it, Sue? Animaniacs. An anim... All right, Sue, don't spit all over me. I'll drown. And it's toxic. You're burning my skin, darling. You know that. Go and get a cloth or something. Anyway, animaniacs. Thank you for that, Sue. Not so much thanks for the uh, poisonous acid-like spittle. Welcome to Talking to Actors. I'm sorry you had such a gross beginning to the show there. We're back. I'm back, anyway, after another fucking hiatus. I know I keep going and coming back, but it's, you know, it's just trying to work it all out. As I mentioned before, I did have a spot of nervous exhaustion, I think. Self-diagnosed, but still. Got in touch with a doctor, lovely chap. He said, how are you, darling? I said, I'm all right. But I think I've had a bit of nervous exhaustion, you know, blah, blah, blah. Imagining this long fight between me and the doctor while I tried to get some pills off the fucker. Just give me the fucking pills, you know. Oh, but oh. Have you tried running? Have you tried yoga? You know what they're like. But no, he immediately just said, well, I'll up the dose, shall I? I said, what? He said, well, what, what, do you want to go up, you know, 10 milligrams? Shove it up 10 milligrams for my dose? I'm talking about my antidepressants, of course. What, are you serious, Doctor? I mean, come on, at least put up a bit of a fight. You know, it's not, you don't just give it to me. The chase is why we do it. It's about the hunt. God, what a terrible doctor. Anyway, he's up the milligrams and we're a lot better already. I'm having a whale of a time. Right now, I am hung to fuck, as John Smells used to say. And by that, I mean my head. It feels like Sue Clinch did a dump in it last night and to be honest I wouldn't put it past her. I don't know how she do it but she has ways she's not well bless her she no, no suit no I'm just talking about my headache all right don't have to get angry and get that cloth what was I saying yes yeah, so I've got a horrible hangover it really hurts so I'm going to get this out this is just the introduction and then we'll finally have the interview with Johnny Donahue one of my oldest pals wonderful friend it was so good to chat to him um I'll be honest, we had to do it in two halves. There was a 24-hour break between it. And the second half, I forgot to put on my good microphone. In case you're wondering what the fuck's going on, I don't know how you've got onto this, but, you know, good on you. I'm Anna Mann. I'm an actress and a singer. I appeared in many things. Um, a lot of short films, actually, directed by the wonderful Antonio Booth. I don't know if anyone remembers him. There was a man. Real man. He could crush your skull like a grape. 
Perversely, he couldn't crush a grape at all. But no, he directed the films, he starred in them, did all the music himself. Unfortunately, he could only play the tambourine, so it sounded awful. Very hard to hear the lines, you know, because every time someone talks, you just hear this kind of this kind of jingly smack going on throughout it. Jingly Smack was actually one of his movies. It was about drugs that were transmitted through music. Wonderful sci-fi, very terrifying, and could happen, actually. I don't know if you've heard about this 5G conspiracy, a conspiracy I wholeheartedly agree with, but then I'll believe anything. No, but we did some other great films. We did Jittery Smack, of course, the supernatural thriller Rosemary's Bush. I don't know if you saw that, where a woman is convinced... She's giving birth to a bush, a rosemary's bush. Don't you understand? My baby is a rosemary bush and no one will believe me. Sadly, it didn't work because I can't say bush. Either it comes out as bush or, or bush or bush. You know, it's, it's, it's the Nottingham thing anyway. I know you could try and take the girl out of Nottingham, but you can't get her to say bush properly. That's what they say. Also, we did a wonderful, recently, a very exciting apocalyptic film called A Stinky House. I don't know if you've heard about this. It was great. The idea is that all of humanity, pretty much all of humanity, has been wiped out by these terrifying creatures from outer space that have just killed everyone. But these creatures are completely deaf, dumb and blind. The only way they can tell if you're there is if you do a trump, a fart. So basically, you have to spend the whole time just keeping in your fart, you know, because if if you just do a little pop, they'll just rip you to bits, you know. I was the mother of this family, desperately trying not to fart. And Antonio wanted us to go full-on method, you know, so none of us could fart for the whole of the time we were filming. And if you did let one rip, you know, he would come at you with a shovel, you know. So it was a real encouragement to keep the farts in for the entire time. We were filming for six weeks, you know, and we were eating beans constantly. That was the only food he could get because, I mean, he's a low-budget filmmaker, so all the beans were just, you know... Well, he'd stolen them, let's be honest. It was really difficult, you know, and one of the older actors did pass away. Um, If only he could have passed wind, I said at the time, which I thought was a bit harsh, you know, but we did all laugh. Anyway, I'll talk some more about Antonio Booth next time because he was a good friend and he was quite an interesting fellow. Anyway, on with the interview. Before we jump in there, I just want to say thank you, darlings, for all the wonderful comments and tweets and stuff about... Colin Holt, my uglier half's appearance in Afterlife 2. It's been very lovely to get that. We fucking live for it. We really do. It's the only reason we do this is praise. Let's be honest. And also don't forget Saturdays, 10pm, tune in twitch.tv slash nextupcomedy.com for Anna Mann's late night cheese sex and self-isolation party. We're having a week off, right? It will be on in two weeks from yesterday. We're having a week off because... I just want to, you know, do a bit of work and consolidate all the ideas and make it better and more wonderful and blah, blah, blah for all of you. Oh, yes. And don't forget, you can help the show by going on patreon.com slash Man and giving us a couple of quid there if you want to. It's not a charity or anything, but, you know, if you feel like you'd like to pay for the content you are receiving, it is very much appreciated and obviously helps me make more. Anyway, I'll pass you over into the hands of the wonderful editor, Dan Snellgrove. It'll be interesting to see what bits he decides to keep. We'll be more regular soon, um, unlike the cast of A Stinky Place, of course, who, after that experience, could never really be regular again. Enjoy! I am a man, 
Hello, hello, Johnny. Hello, hello, yeah, Anna. How are, oh, bless you, bless your beard. <laughs> it's huge, isn't it? You're allowing it to really go. I don't know how to use electric. The thing a, that a trimmer, a trimmer, a, str- a, tr- a trimmer, or a trimmer. Use them. I you don't, don't know how, how to trim or trim. I'm just waiting for the barbershop to reopen. It suits you as a human. It suits yes. your lifestyle and your and your politics. Uh, uh, messy and left wing, like the beard. Sort of yes, all it's all very much to the left, unfortunately, <laughs> as you've ridiculously shaven the right. Well, like I guess that, I don't know how is that political? Is that because you hate the right? Well, I do hate the right. I always have done. But the beard is just a catalogue of errors. Johnny, of course, does a lot of political stuff, don't you, darling? Would you say that's your stock in trade? Yes, I think I tend to deal mostly with with politics and and I've also done shows on depression. And never the twain shall meet. Oh, no. (laughs) Very important. Have you ever seen Um, that sitcom, by the way? Never the Twain. Never the twain. It tends to come up a lot, mainly because I bring it up. What was it? Was it? Is it a seventy? It was about two rival antiques dealers. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not making it up. Well, really? were they? They weren't so much dealers. They owned shops. Does that make you a dealer? I guess. I think so because you've got to buy and sell. I must watch it. It was Donald Sinden. Donald Sinden. That one. Yeah. And Windsor Davis. I don't know how it came about. I'm very interested in how these sitcoms get pitched. Having tried to pitch sitcoms myself for a while, I did one that was just called Sue on the Run. It was all about <laughs> Clinch, or my best friend Sue Clinch. I don't know if you know, but she goes on the run. I don't think she's ever killed. I say it a lot. I say, Sue, you've killed, haven't you? And she just has that faraway look in her eye, but she could just be... <laughs> She could just be thinking of Jaffa Cakes, you know? It is, it's impossible to tell. How did you well, meet Sue? How did I meet Sue? Yeah, how did you well, end we're up with friends her? from a long time ago. Fuck. I think it was in a forest, actually. <laughs> no, I think it was. I think it was like one of those sort of, um, you know, where you go away and you, you create something in a forest. Have you ever done that? Mm. Like devise? You've devised theatre, haven't I've you? Devi- I've never in a forest, but... Uh, well, but imagine have... what you do, but in a forest. You know, oh, right. you're all kind of tops off and banging drums and stuff. <laughs> And then something comes out of it. It's a lot of fun. Johnny, let's get on to you. Yes, you know, enough about Sue Clinch, because she tends to dominate. She really does. I got a thing yes. the other day from someone on Twitter. And what was it? The world according to the woke people or something. I still can't understand it. Have you seen it? It's like a... I've not. No, like no, a I mean, meme I, I, or a gif or whatever. But it's like a, a graph, oh, a right. chart. And on one side, it says far left. On one side, it says far right. And then there's a bulge, you know, like... As mm, it, and it yes. says Nazis in the middle. And there, then it says center underneath... So I guess yeah. the idea is woke people think people in the centre are Nazis. Right. I think he was having a go at me. You know when you can't tell if someone's having a go at you? Yes, but what confused me, along the bottom it says no, woke, no, no. alt-left, centre, yeah. right, far right. And then under alt-right, uh-huh. I remember it says um, some white people is one of the lists. Do you know what I mean? So it's... <laughs> I don't know. What I'm trying to work out is what's the point they're making and are they having a go at me or agreeing with me? I don't know, because I'm not that woke. My daughter Mahogany is. I would be fairly confident if someone is bothering to create something and send it to you on Twitter yes. that they are disagreeing with you and okay. antagonistic because right. people don't seem to take the time on Twitter to say nice things. No, that's always. true. So <laughs> they had 14 followers, which is a massive giveaway, isn't it? It is. It means they don't exist, you know. <laughs> um, there's a lot of um, right-wing bots, aren't there? Mm. That sort Apparently, of, yes. I've bumped it all the bloody time. Yeah. I am very left-wing, that's mm. true. And you asked me earlier, do I hate the Right. I don't 
I don't, I mean, I don't hate anyone. The thing with hating someone is it doesn't allow you the space to think clearly and rationally. Therefore, I wouldn't have been able to deal with Hitler very well if I purely hated him. I'd have to right. sort of, uh, have a, a level of neutrality. I guess that's also very tricky for people who've suffered under Hitler. I don't know how yes. he got there so that, quickly. No, God, so quickly. Can hate be a tool? I think anger is, is fine. I think right. hatred is taking anger to a point where it's no longer in your control. Mm, right. But that's just my reading of it. So this is talking to actors. You're an actor first, would you say? Let's yes, hear the that's... story. Let's have the Johnny Donahue story. Talking to actors, trying to understand their process. We're talking to actors. Actors, yeah, they rule the world. So we'll start yeah. now and then we'll go back. So currently your, your thrust of your work is Johnny and the Baptists. Yes, I suppose that my time is divided between, I do Johnny and the Baptists, who are a musical comedy duo that I, mm. I have with my dear friend Paddy York. And, and you're in it, friend. you know that, don't and you? And I'm in it, I'm Johnny. They are. Yeah. You've, got to, you've got to be careful. Sorry, should I, say, I should have said we. Yes, we are a we musical, are. not they are. I think that's yeah. very telling. And I imagine if Paddy's <laughs> listening to this, he's absolutely furious right now. Sure. <laughs> But yes, that's um, it's called comedy duo act. Yes, and we tour. A turn. And, Would you call it a turn? I, I think we're a turn. Why not? <laughs> we like have that word needs to be reclaimed. Skits. We do our little songs and dances on the radio and live. Very political, um, often. And it is, it, it is, I suppose it's uh, satirical and it's silly. Uh, yes. But we have a point to make as well. Do you think the silliness stops it becoming like really making the point, possibly? I'm not saying I agree with that. Um, well, here's the thing. We, we, okay, so we've had a right-wing government for, I mean, I try not to get too bogged down in this, but yes. we've had a right-wing government for 10 years now. Mm. Um, and so many things have happened that have changed the country, so many cuts. Uh, we've lost so many things. Um, really, what I try and do is provide entertainment for people who are sort of like-minded rather than try. I don't feel so much now you can go on stage and change someone's minds. Or certainly if you do, it's not the thing that I do. What I It's like my is... show that I did against the fascists, obviously, which was the whole point, as I said, you know, was to learn all this stuff, research it, and then perform it for people who are already on our side. Yes. That's how you change the world. <laughs> the UKIP thing, what happened there? Yes. Was it called Down talk... With UKIP or something? It was called Stop UKIP. Stop UKIP. And... We tried to go to UKIP supporting areas and talk to them about it. And there was a lot of tongue in cheeks, of course, but at the same so you time... Deliberately, did you go to Skegness? Did you try there? Or Yes, we also went to... Uh, there's quite a lot of UKIP supporting in the southwest, Devon. Devon, and, uh, right. Somerset. <laughs> of course, yes. Oh, is it? Is that quite UKIP-y? Well, I mean, nowhere's UKIP-y anymore because of uh, the parties sort of disbanding. I know, as you said it, as you said, stop UKIP, it made me sort of long for UKIP to return. <laughs> the happy days of That UKIP. was easier, wasn't it? That was simpler because it was a very easy enemy in a way. Well, we tried... But, and I guess also you never know what's... You think it's bad, but you don't know what's coming that's going to be worse. Well, we said in our Stop UKIP show, I remember Brian Logan, the Guardian reviewer, said of the show, aren't there better targets to be hitting at the moment? He also didn't come and see the show. He just wrote an article about it. Oh, what uh, a prick. Is... He really is. <laughs> he wrote an article about my, my, my <laughs> streaming service, which I got very annoyed about. Oh, well, yes, because he sort of said, well, put it this way. At one point, Olga was on it and she opened, mm -hmm. um, literally did a fun thing from her bedroom. Cool. You know, we can't really wear acts as such. No, of course. She just opened a drawer 
full of uh, <laughs> stuff from her um, ex-boyfriends, which she hadn't looked at for years and went through it. And it was a kind of, you know, a sort of time. Oh, yeah, that's great. Really good. And one thing he said, a lot of it felt untested. <laughs> I mean, she, she said, I'm literally sure. opening. She's li- anyway, fucking. He said, aren't there better targets to lampoon? And he didn't come to see the show. The show, we talked about how the thing that scared us about you, Kip, was that we felt they would be surpassed by someone, that it would open the doors to more uh, sort mm. of ultra right wing thuggery, that it would end up in the Tory party doing something drastic to get back their grassroots followers. And then four years later, obviously, Boris Johnson is prime minister. Do you think it was a conspiracy on some level or? I think... Were strings People being pulled? To... I mean, Cummings, Dominic Cummings, I was speaking to Mother the other day. She was yes. talking about how a monarchy should be back and all this stuff. Talked about Dominic Cummings. She'd never heard of him. Really? The man who's in charge of most of her thinking, and she doesn't even yes. know he exists. So with the tour, were you trying to understand how UKIP thrived? With that show, we were trying to engage with people who we wouldn't see eye to eye on. And it was 2014, and I felt we could go and have fun with people who really disagreed with us. And oh. we did. And we sort of chatted, and it was silly. And there was almost, we were trying to sort of come together and get people to see yes. eye to eye. They weren't taking it too seriously at that point. They weren't coming in furious at right. us, likewise as furious at them there was a dialogue now i don't feel it's possible to go on stage and say look join the left to a bunch of right-wing people we're so kind of diametrically opposed and angry all the time i just think we would try and create something different now and things exist in their own time these days my aim with our new show is oh. to provide solace for people who are losing so much you know the right. nhs for example and right. i think from the coronavirus from the no i mean as in the show i was working on before the epidemic would have been about the fact that we've had this government who have eroded the nhs and public welfare and community um, and all these things and the left had just absolutely lost an election so mm. i was trying to make a show that was more about well let's at least enjoy each other we have an hour together because i just felt so blue going into the personal and trying to yes that's right. and understand on a on a human level rather than yeah. a political level rather than a political level but that's that, you know, i thought this, this then, i know i've caused this but i thought this would just be a jolly old chat well, i was hoping so as well you you did immediately <laughs> ask me about the right <laughs> Politics aside, I, I, I also have a big silly beard and I, um, I love to be silly and sing songs. If you're a fan of all things geeky, you're going to love Concessions, a brand new podcast by comedian Matt Hunton and myself, Beck Hill, where we interview your favourite cult heroes at Comic-Cons all across the world. We've got stars from Star Wars, Harry Potter, The Walking Dead and more. Make sure you tune in soon to Concessions. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. 
LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. And as well as that, of course, you were going to do your own show, weren't you? Your own stand-up uh, yes, show. That's right, in Edinburgh this year. 50% of my time is Johnny the Baptist. The other half is I make comic theatre shows. I made a show with Duncan McMillan called Every Brilliant Thing. I was previewing a new show called Forgiveness, which is about trying to get past the cycles of abuse that many people feel trapped in when they have children. Was that a stand-up show? Or was that more in the vein of Every Brilliant Thing? It was more a sort of one-man theatrical show where I oh, involved the Oh, I'd love to see that. And, Are you uh, still working on it, or have you just put it on the yes, show? Yes, I did five shows of it at the Vaults Festival in London, and then on the sixth day, the festival shut because of the right. pandemic. So yeah. I managed to get most of my shows in just before that. It's finished, and it's ready to go to Edinburgh. It is also very joyful show i talk about the birth of my daughter and the sort of hopefulness that comes out of having children Mm. for me and um sorry my my partner is is, uh, interrupting just um i'll just have to that's what they tend to do what were we talking about (laughs) i think well okay so when did when did it begin (laughs) you were born obviously i was born Uh, in 1983 i was born very dramatically i was born i think seven and a half weeks early Um, Or seven weeks early. Were you tiny? So I was tiny, tiny, tiny. No, my mother was in her kitchen. Hmm. And this is 1983. She lived in St. Albans in Hertfordshire. And she was in her kitchen. And she had a daughter, my older sister, who's two years and nine months old. And she had a walk-in pantry because, of course, it was the past. Hmm. And she went into that pantry. I'm living in one right now. You are? (laughs) Yes, she has a... Well, I mean, you say a walk-in pantry, it's got a door. (laughs) So she went into the walk-in pantry, the door shut behind her, and she was locked in. She was heavily pregnant with me. Yes. Um, Her two-and-a-half-year-old is in the kitchen, you know, hot soup cooking on the stove, terrifying. And my mum realised she was going to have to get out of this pantry. Uh, The only person in the house is this two-year-old. How did it lock? So it had a lock on the pantry door? Once you were inside, it didn't have a handle. Ugh. So it's just. A, I mean, that people go on about health and safety gone mad, but it really this was the essence, isn't people, it? When you think, you know, <laughs> think about how doors used just, to work, uh, i.e., they didn't. Terrible. They didn't. <laughs> they didn't work so, at all. There was this little window. I mean, you've got. To, sorry, at one point I make on that: if a door can't open both ways, is it even a door, or is it just a cage? It's a yes. It's it's a hatch. Just food um, for thought. I'll be saying that and, later. She climbed through this tiny window to sort of squeeze her pregnant belly through oh it in order God. to get out, in order to get to my screaming oh. sister. And then her waters broke, I think, later. And I, you know, I think it sort of... The drama of that caused the yes. birth to start. And then I was born. And as um, your course on the stage. Yes. And I'm just going to, I'm, I'm just being past my daughter. baby yourself. Hello, darling. <laughs> Look, what have you got on your top? Is that zebras? Hello, little one. She can You're sit here if she doesn't mind. Do you she mind, darling? She's lovely. Oh, mind? she's having a lovely yawn. She's tired, bless her. Nap she time. can't hear anything. 
Um, oh, you've got the headphones on. I've got headphones in. No, she's not deaf. So, yes. <laughs> yes. Where were we? So, you were... so that was, I was then born a few hours later. And, mm. uh, I, you know, I was absolutely fine. As you can mm. see, I, I live to tell the tale. But I think yes. it's very dramatic for my mum. So that's Mommy. why I became an actor. Mummy! Oh, mama. Well, shall we do this? <laughs> shall we finish this later, Johnny? I think we might have to. Mommy! That's all right. <laughs> yes, that's absolutely all right. <laughs> Hello, so that was a bit of an interval. We're back 24 hours later. A lot has changed. to the minute. The PM has had a baby. And in fact, it was a baby who disrupted the last one, wasn't it? It it was, was, but it was my baby. Oh, fuck, I can't say her name, can I? Uh, We don't say her name publicly, so if you could edit that out. Quite right, quite right. (laughs) Sorry, I meant to say that. Do you Mm. say your own name publicly? No, no. Right, okay. Johnny can't say the name of the baby publicly. No, nor um, my own, which has been a real problem own. getting work. Can I say Johnny? You can say Johnny, yes. Oh, you just said it. Ah! I need to edit that out. I don't <laughs> no, know. Oh, gosh. Oh, goodness. How did you come to that decision to not say your name? Well, we decided we wouldn't make pictures of her or her name be available online until she was old enough to make that decision. Yes. But really, what, what's that, four? Uh, yes, four and a half. <laughs> but really, it's not. Does about... that include drawings? Yes. Even crude ones. And even a a charcoal sketch. Yeah. By someone who's never used charcoal. Or done a sketch. (laughs) On toilet paper, on sandpaper. Even that, which is completely impossible. I don't know if you've tried it. Sue Clint is not doing it. Um, Charcoal on sandpaper. It's awful. It absolutely butchers the ears. It really does. It's horrible. It's horrible. But you couldn't even allow that. No, that wouldn't be... Uh, I, wow. We'd have to confiscate that from Sue. Quite right. Yeah, well, she was doing some, actually, so I made sure I burned them all. Although, <laughs> can they burn sandpaper? Is that toxic? Uh, I don't know. What's it mean? I'll let her do it. I'll put her in a room. I'll close the door. And I'll wait for her to burn them. Okay. Right. I'll put them in the burning room. We have a bur- do you have a burning room? Uh, no, we, we don't. We do, we're a very small flat. Very small flat. Too so, small for a burning room. Too small for a burning room. Uh, well, how, how many bedrooms is that then? Six? It's t- <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We have two bedrooms. Has everybody had a burning room. No, it's... It's, it's normally not... like bathroom, kitchen, bedroom, burning room, isn't it? it uh, uh, God, I've been living wrong my whole life. I'm sorry. It was Tony Sandwich who got me into the burning room early on. Really? Yes, he did a lot of experiments. He ran his own sandwich shop, Tony Sandwich. Yes. I don't think his name was even Tony Sandwich. He had a burning room because he did a lot of experiments with sandwiches and a lot of them didn't come out well, you know, and they had to just be burnt. Oh, that bad? Oh, God, they were really bad. I mean, toxic stuff. (laughs) And the fumes were awful. Killed his mother. What are we talking about? So, yes, we can't see your daughter... Can we say it's a daughter? Uh, yes, that's fine, yes. We can't look at her online. You can look at online, that's I can sense. look at her without, it's not like Medusa. No, 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 she doesn't, she has no powers. Right, okay. And what about the mother? Uh, <laughs> Do we only refer to her as the mother? Um, well, you can say her name, which is Jason. Snellgrove edits this. Oh, good. So he'll sort it all out, don't worry. Johnny he's Snell, a gent. He's a gent, <laughs> and it spends, he'll be hearing this in a minute, let's hope he's recording for a start. He spends, I mean, I brought him in because, you know, there was a suggestion that some of my editing was below par. Um, And he spent 18 hours on one. No. 18 hours. I said, darling, it's really not that good. I mean, (laughs) I don't know what he did. Did you pay him? God, no. Well, no. I pay him through the Patreon. Oh, very good. And through the adverts. And if she... 
who must mm -hmm. not be named, yes. wants to go into theatre. This is a question I get asked a lot. Because obviously my daughter Hog refused yes. to go near theatres when she grew up and would be violently sick if I tried to take her in one. <laughs> that was as an adult. But if she wants to go into your world, what advice yes. would you say, do you think? Would you say yay or nay? Oh, well, it wouldn't be up to me, but I would be disappointed. <laughs> would it be up to the mother? Uh, no, no, it would be up to her if right. she wants to go into Oh, yes, of course. Sorry. Yeah. I, forget. I forget that your children have their own. Their own. Yeah. Well, when she was very, very little... That's uh, where Josie I went wrong with Hogg, I think. I forgot that she could make her own decisions. You forgot that she was a person in her own right. Yes, because I just saw her as a sort of an extension of my own work, in a way. <laughs> well, she is a, a, probably your best work in many ways. Oh, fuck no. Have you not seen Rogue Baker? It's about a baker goes rogue. Well, that so does sound very good. So much better than her. She's just a quiet, dull girl. Rogue Baker is incredible. It's four hours long. Um. It's an hour of just needing. So, what were we talking about? I'm not um, get a word in, Johnny. Yes, I, I so, was, would she you want to yes, go into what the What do we theater? think about she, who must not be named, becoming yes. a performer herself, a comedian, an actor, a singer? Uh, obviously. I, I mean, I think... Having done it myself, and her mother also being a performer and a writer, I would say... Um, just listeners at home, he's answering this question whilst looking at a text. I was just... Uh, my my partner just, uh, I don't find it rude. I just explained... I'm my, sorry. My partner happens? just came in and said, how long will you be? And I was trying to write... 20 minutes without disturbing the flow of chat, but I, oh, I really... A lot longer than that. Yeah. <laughs> It is. We barely uh, <laughs> When she was very little, we went on this big tour, Josie and myself together with the baby. So was she it was parade the baby around. No, it was it was I was to earn some money. Oh, <laughs> right. I always God, I forget about that. I forget we need to do that. I uh, know she she saw so she was quite exposed to the theatres quite early, and mm. I hoped that that would be enough to discourage her. Right. You know, there wouldn't be a sort of mystique to it because mm -hmm. she'd uh, she'd sort of seen it. So hopefully she'll become an accountant and do my taxes. That That's what I've wonderful. always hoped. Wouldn't it be wonderful? Or become an agent, a really good oh, one. That would be great. <laughs> or a commission. Or a, even just a mortgage lender. Anything, really. Anything that's helpful. helpful. Anything that actually helps. <laughs> Were your parents performers or in the theatre? Oh, God, no, no. Mother was, a, mother, well, mother was a killer, of course. <laughs> Father worked in a factory. We never really knew what it did. Very poor, you know, back then. We didn't, there was no, not an inkling of that. We'd often have to choose between curtains or trousers. You know, <laughs> man, he'd often have to go to work in his pants, which was horrible, if it was particularly bright outside. <laughs> But he went very early on, lost dad very early on, of course. Right. He was ridiculous yeah, as that's hat. <laughs> if you've been raised by actors, do you think you have become one yourself? Well, well, that is a good question, because I think a lot of my acting is rebellious. Yes. A lot of my theatre is a, really is, quite literally, sticking a finger up at mum. You know, <laughs> that whole tour I did, it was called um, There's Only Mum in the Audience. <laughs> And which there were people in the audience, you know, but what we'd do is we'd, I'd phone her up yeah. on FaceTime. You know, it was a very recent thing. And yeah. she'd answer and then we'd get the whole, I'd just stick a finger up at her, you know. The whole crowd. They, what do you think of that, mum? To be honest, she couldn't work FaceTime, so it didn't. <laughs> but the whole of my career, I think, has been a rebellion against that stuff, if I'm honest. Mm. The drabness, the boring. Mum married, after dad passed, mum married 
very quickly, very quickly. He was hanging around at the funeral, actually. It's what we used to call a widow shack. A horrible little man called Ron. Awful chap. Stunk of old meat. What did he do? He was a cobbler, but he would fashion a lot of his shoes from meat. <laughs> he used to say, why wait till it's cured? You know, Why not <laughs> do it straight off the beast? Right. Awful so man. Really was a horrible man. And they didn't take off. I mean, they did take off. They came right off your no. foot. It was just made of meat. It's pointless. But all I wanted to do was get out as soon as I could. And when I got that taste of the theatre, mm. then I had to just plunge into it. You know, legs first. <laughs> but what well, about... I think, I think my daughter will do the same. Mm. And her rebellion against us having been performers will probably be to go into something a bit more... Government. Maybe. Government. We'll need it. We'll need her. We'll need her. So we were doing your story, I think. Yes. Mother had climbed out of the window. No, she'd been stuck in the pantry. She was stuck in the pantry. Um, I mean, in the pantry. Yes. (laughs) And she did climb out through the window. There was a little window. With you. Of course, with you in the belly. And I was in the belly. And the little window was just a tiny window to the pantry where the milkman would leave the milk. That's how small it was. Uh, yes, so it was sort of kind of... Was, was it bottle-shaped? No, it was It was probably like a small square. Crap. And she and climbed she through. through. Was she, she a small woman? She, she is a small woman. Right, well, that's a good start. You were <laughs> big bold. Well, you were seven weeks early. I was tiny, little thing. <sighs> I went into an incubator. And uh, you think that's had an effect? Who knows? I'm always late for everything, having oh, been very early I. at the start. I wondered if that is sort of, I'm, you know, I feel I've done my getting it in. Well, also, you've got a square head. I do have quite a square head. Which will be from the window, I imagine. Uh, that makes sense. I think that. I guess you went through and the head, I mean, because at that point you were still forming, the, so the head, the genes, I mean... <laughs> Forgive me if I've got my science a little muddled here, but the genes must have thought, oh, we're meant to be square. Yes, so I've had a square head. That's how it works. It sort of works like Terminator 2, I understand. (laughs) Just sort of molds into the shape that it's needed. Well, that explains a hell of a lot. (laughs) Just come to me if you want to find out some truth. Thank you, I will. So then you grew up. And your parents weren't actors either. Oh, no. no, Well, your sister? You have a sister? My sister is a primary school teacher. My mum was a teacher. My dad, a sort of not successful businessman. I think he was a sort of a salesman. I think he he went around selling things. Travelled around. He certainly wasn't like, you know, Donald Trump. I mean, he's very successful. He's the president. So, no, so that was my, so they definitely weren't actors. No, uh, no interest in it, I don't think. I think my mum had done some drama at school, which she'd enjoyed. Is there anything you remember from that period? You know, some people, like with me, mother, she was Mm. so awful. But I felt (laughs) like I had to perform, you know, because the household was so unhappy. I had to put on a dress and dance around and stuff like that, you know, put on a hat and and then take it off. (laughs) <laughs> some of it was better than that mm. a lot of it to be fair I was very young a lot of it was just pulling a hat on and taking it off again well I think I, I moved schools and I went to a new school I hated and I had no friends because oh. I didn't know anyone was that um, the posh one? that was the posh one that oh. I got into I ended up getting a, an assisted grant a scholarship to this very posh school which I didn't want to go to and I had to leave all my friends behind it was very sort of miserable and I got there and I hated it and I didn't understand it and I felt very out of place and then I auditioned to be in a play and I made these friends and they were just brilliant and I think 14 
Yeah, and I'd been there a while, quite miserable. From 11? Yeah. And so I think if I'd found that group of friends in maths or chess, I'd ended up wanting to do that with my life. Yeah. And you were still friends with that gang? I am. Lots of them I still see. And before the lockdown, I was going to go to Australia uh, to do some festivals down there this year and visit my friend Claire, who I met then and who's still a very close friend. She lives in Melbourne now. So, yes, I'm still in touch with quite a lot of them, actually. So it wasn't a boys' school. I thought it was a boys' school. It was a boys' school, but there was a girls' school. There were sort of two schools next door to each other, and they shared facilities. And what was the first arts thing? Was it acting then you started? It was audition for a play. What was the role? It was a play called On the Razzle. On the Razzle! On the Razzle. I've been in that. And the part I played was Christopher. He's actually one of the main characters. He was on the Razzle. He goes on the Razzle. Was it like a, a night out? Like a looking for I think it's two juniors in a big store oh. are given... Uh, a, the, the boss goes away and they decide they've got two days to create life experience for themselves. So they go to Vienna on and the they ra- go wild. Ah. And then they try and come back and it's a farce. Are there prostitutes? There are, I think. But they have to be in a farce. How old were you? 14. It was 14. But I was playing That's a part... production, isn't it? Even for a posh school. Well, you know, posh schools are laws unto themselves, aren't they? Yes. <laughs> it's teaching you as a posh man how to pick up prostitutes in Vienna. Well, that's what those schools are for, isn't it? <laughs> With singing and dancing and all that, was it? Basically, yeah, singing and dancing and running around the stage. And I loved it so much. I then tried to be in two plays a term for the rest of my time there. And did you get a sort of instant recognition? Was it a real case of, you know, like the end of Greece, the movie? Yes. <laughs> but rather than a leather jacket, you've swapped it for a leather-bound book of Bill Shakes. Well, I suddenly had a group of friends, and I went from being very, very introverted and sad to very happy very quickly. Oh, lovely. And um, I think I quit my paper round. Is that and, Yes, well, because I used to have this paper round that uh, I'd get up at like five in the morning and it meant I couldn't, and it was every single day of the week, so I never stayed with friends or went and did anything. And I sort of quit it and decided to go and live a life. Paper rounds are fucking slavery, aren't they? Really? It was £13 a week. Ugh. And I had to do it seven days a week and it took about an hour and a half. So it really is terrible. But I saved the money and then had it all until I was 16. And what did you use it with? The 16 went on booze in one night, I imagine. Uh, yes, right. Cider oh. and Smyrna Fices. Lovely. So after that, did yeah. you go to drama school or anything? I went to university and I read English and did lots of drama. Hmm. But really, I'd sort of started making things. So I made things with these friends some of whom had left because you, you, uh, everyone in this play was, apart from me, was in the sick form and I was in year 10. Right. So a lot of my friends are older than me. And we started making plays and we put one on in, in the town we, uh, and then we took it to Edinburgh. I'd already started doing things like that. Uh, How old were you then when you went to Edinburgh? 17. Oh, lovely. Oh, but you had a yeah. wild time, didn't you? I, what do you say for you, because I'm like this, you know, when lockdown yeah. happened, I was instantly right, I need to try and make everything at once. Yes. <laughs> and I wish I was one of those actors. I've always had to make my own stuff because no yeah. one, you know, employ me, quite frankly. So, I mean, when it was when I was working with Smells, John Smells, you know, Rogue Baker and all that stuff, that was great because he was 
providing it. And then obviously lots of work, you know, um, you can take a horse to water, dot, dot, dot. <laughs> of course. But then after that, I'm still always having to create something. I can't just sit around drinking. I mean, I sit around drinking, but I'm also just shouting things at Sue and hoping she writes it down, you know? Would you say you're like that? You're more a creator than a, rather than one of those actors who, you know, just gets picked up and put in something. Mm-hmm. You're the generator. Usually, I... So, the play I was in on The Razzle, the part I played Christopher had all the punchlines. Right. Which is the best part you can imagine. Mm. You just get all the jokes. It was the most fun I've ever had. And I never got as good a part again. And so, about two years later, I started writing. Because mm. I was like, well, come on, I've got to yes. make this. I was sick of playing, you know, Servant 4. I was in a costume play you know set in the 17th century and and i just played someone who brought you know like candlesticks in at the back it was so awful so that's when i started creating things was to get the good parts again well what you do in that scenario is you create lines for the play or you do really big faces (laughs) i think i probably did that serving what's happening and you know those (laughs) you know stuff like that it doesn't matter if you throw off the other actor i mean as you know acting isn't working together people say acting is reacting, and they're right. And if you have no lines, you react with violence. (laughs) So let's talk a bit about Every Brilliant Thing. I see, that was a show where I came in after it had been started. But they they wanted you, didn't they? They wanted me, and it had already begun. So it was one of the rare occasions in my career where it wasn't a case of having to scrabble to get this to happen. The story was there, and so was a lot of the script. But we worked on it extensively and made it an interactive piece where there were sort of lots of things happening and so I ended up with a writing credit on it although it is chiefly written I think by Duncan who created it I'm credited as written with and you've taken that all over the world haven't you and then yeah we went to uh, uh, off Broadway for four or five months and let's um, finish now is it who's still doing it or is it I'm finished doing it because how many did you do about 400 400 wonderful and because it's a lot of improv, it's probably about 15 minutes of improvisation in the hour-long show every night. Right. It isn't... I think if it was just a straight play, doing it 400 times would have killed me. But it was really different every time. Yes. What and we filmed it, it. Sorry, go on. You filmed it We, we filmed it. Uh, HBO. HBO. Lovely. So you can watch it on Now TV in Britain or HBO Max. And after that, what happened after that then? You went back to... After that, I just got put in storage. They were the... <laughs> Is it kind of like, what do we do next? What's the next? And that's what we're doing now. I'm making a new show uh, that's about... It's called Forgiveness. And it's about reconciling your own childhood with trying to raise a child. I think it's certainly for those of us who had a tricky childhood, it's very hard to then raise your kids well. And it's yeah. about that. And again, that's a theatre piece. It's very interactive. It was going to open in Edinburgh this summer. And then there's a tour booked in the UK from January. So it'll probably start now on the tour. Is that the same people? No, that's just... Uh, it's, uh, Duncan's not on this one. It's just me and the same producers. Oh, well, that's very exciting. Well, Johnny, I'd better go, really. And you better go, I think. Yeah. It's been lovely. It's tricky, isn't it, catching up like this and trying to tell your life story when children are banging on the door. Play with me, play with me. I know, don't have kids. Play with them, but we'd rather talk about our autobiography. (laughs) So Johnny and the Baptist are also doing a podcast at the moment. Yes, it's called Johnny and the Baptist Making Paddy Happy. Making Paddy Happy. And Bless Paddy is one of the most wonderful people, I think. He is. We didn't talk about him at all. 
No. I can chat to Paddy next. You should. You should have him on the show. And then we'll um, we'll talk about you for once. (laughs) And also you're doing the Cosmic Shambles. Yes. Every Friday night we do a quarantine show called uh, The Quarantine Show. Quarantine Show. And that's with John Luke Roberts and Josie Long and myself and Paddy. And I did guests. it. You were wonderful. Thank you, Johnny. You headlined two weeks ago, I think. What's that on? Because I know I've done it, but I still don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it's, you can watch it on CosmicShambles.com oh, right. or, so, or YouTube. I'll chat again at another point. All right, Dan, we'll take care. Speak to you soon. Bye-bye. Bye. You've been listening to Talking to Actors uh, with Anna Man, starring Colin Holt, edited by Dan Snellgrove, part of the Great Big Owl family. Please subscribe, review and share. You can find Colin on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook and YouTube. And the same goes for um, Anna Man. Just look her up, you'll find it. I'm Sue Clinch. Uh, tra. Great Big My name's Pete Allison. And I'm Dave Cribb, and we do a podcast called Friends with Friends. Each week we invite a guest on, ask them to pick their favourite episode of Friends, and then we talk about it in far too much detail. Basically, if you like the show Friends, and you like it when people take things far too seriously, then you might well like this podcast. Search Great Big Owl on your podcast app of choice, and you'll find Friends with Friends right there. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.